Minus 15. Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a perfume. Oh, mercy! Five, four, three, two, one. This game with the Angels trailing is now in the books. And let it be said that number eight, Cal Ripken Jr. has reached the unreachable star. All right, this is the Mass and All Access podcast. Paul Mancano, Bobby Blanco, as always, recording from the warehouse and now joined by our boss, Spira Alafasos. Also had to get the technical correct position uh, down here, the manager of online operations at Masson. Spiro, thank you for joining us. Hey guys, thanks for having me. So when you go to MassonSports.com, you look at the website. Yep. That's, that's you. Yep, that's you me. You built that. You're, yeah. you, you are the head man. Not Rockabaco, shockingly enough. Yeah. No, Rockabaco carries the load, but we, <laughs> we work behind the scenes to make sure that people can read Rockabaco and listen to your podcast, etc. So. And this is exciting because this is the first podcast we've done where we could get fired mid-podcast. Yeah, which yeah. never yeah. happened before. Maybe. Yeah, usually you'd have to wait, then you'd hear the podcast to fire us. So. I don't know, maybe get some more listeners if that happens. So. <laughs> it's kind of exhilarating. Yeah, yeah, it will be. But also, Spiro, uh, the main reason we brought you in here is because we're approaching September 6th, which is the anniversary of 2131, and you had quite a lot to do with that. Uh, you kind of oversaw everything as a member of the PR department of mm -hmm. that entire day and that celebration. Um, we're going to go through all of the memories you have there, mm -hmm. uh, but first let's set the scene of leading up to that day. Um, you had been with the team for how long? I think I was in the fifth grade, fourth grade when <laughs> Cal made his major league debut, and I remember coming out of school that day and the crossing guard saying he hit a home run. Um, <laughs> really? And that's where it started. That's where the planning began. Let's, because start, let's start at your birth. At that <laughs> point, at that point, I was a lifelong Cal Ripken fan. So. Uh, you can imagine my uh, excitement and uh, being in a position at the Orioles in a dream job in 1995 to be the guy who can kind of choreograph along with the, the staff here mm -hmm. um, Cal's big day. And we, you know, five years before that, we saw this coming, you know, as fans. Um, so you work your way to it. And a year before 1995, I was the assistant PR director at the Orioles. So we were working on it from a PR side, you know, from media guides and off-season and yearbooks. Um, and then at some point in 1994, um, the job of events coordinator or events manager at the Orioles came open. And I jumped at the opportunity to switch jobs knowing that my first gig would be to plan Cal Ripken's 2131, which is something as a fan I was, you know, counting down the days for. So. Right. And so you going into that, that season, obviously it was a shortened season because of the strike the year before and yeah. everything that was going on there, but it's on everybody's mind. What part did you start planning and actually you know, <laughs> get, sit down with people and say, this is what we're gonna do for this? I mean, jokingly, you know, the year before we started looking at it, and I don't know what year, I don't know what year Eddie Murray hit his 3,000th hit. Um, but I remember seeing the Cleveland Indians, they have a bridge out there in left field, mm -hmm. this little walkway bridge. And I remember them doing these tiny little rip cards, counting down 
Eddie's, uh, counting down to Eddie's 3,000th uh-huh. hit. And since, you know, we were also huge Eddie fans at the time, we were watching that closely. But right away, my mind went to, wow, wouldn't that be really cool to use for Cal, yeah. but in a much bigger way? <laughs> um, so, you know, we were blessed, you know, for everything from the way the schedule laid out to the shortened season, it all worked out, The base, as Cal would say, um, and said many times back then is, you know, the baseball gods were smiling on us because everything worked out to have this game in Baltimore on September 6th. Yeah. Um, so the planning started the beginning of that season um, in, in earnest. I mean, we, you know, we went to ownership and ownership said basically spare no expense. This is going to be the biggest thing that, you know, Oro Park has ever seen. Yep. Um, and a huge moment for, for Major League Baseball coming off of the strike. Yeah. Um, so it was, you know, the, the pressure, one, as a lifelong Cal Ripken fan, to, to do this justice. Yeah. Two, knowing, you know, the, the magnitude of Lou Gehrig. You know, so it had to, be, had to be worthy of Cal, but just as equally, it had to be worthy of Lou Gehrig. This yeah. was like the passing of the torch, and it was, in some ways it was a sad, somber moment, too. Right. Um, so we had to, like I said earlier, choreograph it the right way yeah. um, to make sense. Um, so planning started, you know, early that season um, and went through, you know, we had weekly streak week meetings um, in multiple ways. We would meet um, as a committee. We would meet um, with Cal's wife mm-hmm. um, at the time. Uh, once, I think as we got closer to date, almost once a week, we would have lunch with Kelly and go through ideas and and, wow. and, and the planning and because you know, this was as big as any all-star game as any world series week mm-hmm. um it was it was a week-long celebration of all things cal ripkin i mean it, it was you know we tried to bring in the blue collar aspect to it it happened to be around labor day i mean everything worked you know it was yeah. like the so we did awards around that people that didn't miss school kids that hadn't missed school iron man awards for kids oh, iron cool. man awards for so we kind of worked up all kinds of um and back then you know everything wasn't sponsored it was just that to do it because it's cool to do yeah. um, it wasn't because we were looking for inventory or content to sell yeah. it was just what is the right thing to do to present this the right way right um, so the planning started, you know, like I said, early and weekly we would meet and then um, we would go to ownership, you know, once a month with, you know, here's what we're looking to do. Here's what it's going to cost. Um, here's who we want to fly in, um, et cetera. It's kind of different aspect as opposed to like a 3,000 pit because you don't know when that would happen. Exactly. But this you can count down to, okay, this will be the day. So that's why you're able to start planning a year in advance. You are 100% right, because we'll do another. Uh, I'll come on again to talk about Eddie Murray's 500th home run, yeah. which lasted 60 days of grueling. When is it going to happen? Um, yeah. So this was, you're right. This was, you could stage this event other than maybe yeah. a rainout or something. You knew you could fly in guests. You could fly in VIPs and, and, and people to appear. Um, and, and you could really do this the right way. And we had looked at, um, you know, Pretty much any good idea is, is, is taking something that already exists and, and making it better. Yeah. Um, so we had seen, I'd, I was a huge Michael Jordan fan, so I'd seen how they did his retirement. They did a, an evening at the United Center where they bestowed gifts upon him and had people from all kind of disciplines mm-hmm. speaking. So we said, let's do that. Let's do that the night he ties. Yeah. Um, let's kind of make 2130 like a big party. Uh, leading up to you know it's like the pressure's off he's tied it now post game yeah 
he's there. And the next day, let's really make it this, this magnificent um, celebration of baseball. So, you know, on September 5th, we did an event, a post-game event, because um, everything had to be post-game, um, where we um, brought in people from all sorts of disciplines, right? So we had uh, Joan Jett from Rock and Roll. We <laughs> had um, uh, uh, Kellen Winslow from the NFL. We had David Robinson from the NBA. Sure. We had Gary Williams. We had Joe Smith. So talking about things like the baseball gods smiling on us, we got a call in the office a few weeks beforehand um, from Jim Henneman, longtime Baltimore Sun Oriole beat writer, um, who said, hey, you may want to look into this, but Jim got, um, Toronto pitcher, got his first win the night the streak began. Um, so I bet he has a game ball from right. the very first game. Um, and I'm a total geek about things like, you know, a, 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 um, a talisman or a, something that was a part of the yeah. experience. So I thought that would be really cool to just even have it come out here and fans get to see it, you yeah. know, put it, make a little display somewhere. So um, just to show how much people loved Cal, we called Jim, um, we called Jim Gott, got his phone number, called, his wife answered, was very nice, said, hey, I'm from the Orioles, we're planning something for Cal Ripken. He said, hold on, let me get Jim. <laughs> so Jim Gott gets on this phone and says, um, I start the story and I'm like I'm trying to something through my words how to ask this guy to you know can we borrow the ball <laughs> and as I'm asking as I'm saying you know it's Cal Ripken you know we're celebrating Cal he's like oh yeah I know September 6th is uh, I said well you know you you threw the 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 winning game so we're thinking maybe you had it was your first you know major league win we're thinking maybe you have the ball yeah. and he's like I absolutely have the ball and Cal can have it I'd love to come. I'd love to come present that ball to Cal. And I said, No, no, we don't want you to give the ball yeah. up. Yeah. We just want you to, you know, come and yeah, you know, be our guest. And maybe fans can see it. It'd just be really, really cool. As this, you know, right. this magical aura, this ball from the first game. You know, we know, you know, for fact, it was used in the first game. Mm -hmm. And he said, No, no, it'd be my honor to come and give this thing to, wow. to Cal. So, and if you watch the video, Cal, you know, being a lifelong. MLB guy looks at Jim Gott and says, you know, he, you can read his lips. He says, you don't have to do this as if, like, <laughs> as if we had like forced the guy to do it because Cal realized what a big deal that was. And, and he gave a great speech that night. Um, so there was a, a whole laundry list of, you know, it was a really nice, warm event. It really set up the next day. Um, it really kind of let Cal just exhale and have some fun. Um, because of the massive pressure and then even after that major ceremony he went on and signed an hour and a half or two hours worth of autographs till one in the morning in you know 90 degree heat while he was you know suffering from a fever so um, so that was you know that was that was the night before and then obviously the the big night the show all the guns came out for the, that the 2131 mm -hmm. the numbers on the warehouse mm -hmm. we're talking about you mentioned the inspiration mm -hmm. uh, that's kind of an interesting story in itself. Coming up with the 2131, it was mostly your brandchild, mm -hmm. stolen, obviously, borrowed. Sure. Borrowed in, right. in, from in, the uh, Indians. In essence. But you got some pushback on it as well. We did. I mean, we went through, I mean, we, so we'll talk about that. We'll, mm -hmm. we'll talk about the, 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 the numbers. We, we went through and we ordered pretty much um, the tapes for Major League Baseball back then. It was tapes. You couldn't download stuff. So we ordered <laughs> tapes of every significant milestone um you know ricky henderson's stolen base record 
um, people's 300th wins, and we would sit and watch and see what ideas could come of this. You know, what we, hmm. so so we loved the. Now we'd sit at five o'clock and just watch, you know, after work and go into a, an edit suite and just watch tape and, and, and see how, you know, people celebrated these events. Um, and Cal, we knew, didn't want to stop the game. Um, and we wanted it to build up. So, you know, we had the idea for the banners. And, you know, so we went to ownership. Uh, I remember going to John Angelos, going up to his office and saying, you know, um, here's what we want to do. Um, we want to put some banners up on the warehouse. Keep in mind, the, the Oriole Park is three years old at the time. Yeah. So it's still pristine, still like this this altar of baseball that's changing the game. And um, John says, okay, well, let me let me check with, with Mr. Angelos and see, you know, that sounds like a good idea. So we get the word back that, you know, the next day, Peter doesn't want anything on the warehouse. He wants to keep it clean. He doesn't want to start. If we start doing this, then... We might start putting, you know, sponsor signs up. We might, and he didn't want anything to do with that. Right. So, um, you know, I put my tail between my legs and sulked. And, you know, some people in the office, um, Julie Wagner at the time, who was the community relations director, and John Maroon, who was the PR director, said, no, no, this is too good of an idea. We got to push. We, we got we to gotta make this happen. How do we... So they said, can you, can you draw it up? Can you, you know, so this was the early days of Photoshop. So we Photoshopped up, you know, what this would look like, what mm -hmm. the font would look like, how the, how it would work. And, you know, we did this big, you know, 24 by 48 poster of what the warehouse would look like with these banners. Mm -hmm. And we marched up to John's office and said, Hey, you know, we want to go one more time at this. And yeah. he said, yeah, I, you know, let's, okay, let's, let's, you know, it looks great. It sounds like it would work well. Let's let's try again. And um, we got the word the next day that Mr. Angelos gave it the green light. Um, we asked them to you know take a leap of faith with us, and we said that you know we promised we weren't going to ask to put stuff on the warehouse every other day <laughs> after this. But it really was the great. It was a blank canvas and a yeah. great backdrop for it. Um, so going into it, so we put the, you know by the time we got it up, it was uh, I, I want to say I may be wrong. But we wanted to start it at. Uh, 2100 and count down for 30 days but we couldn't get it done in time so i think okay. we started at 2108 like the the numbers worked that we could get it ready for right for um eight. so so cal's eight you know because of number eight so I, I think that's the way it went but i know it wasn't right the day we wanted to start it and we said how do we do this you know we drop these numbers when do we do we do it after the game yeah. um so we did it and we said oh the fifth you know in the middle of the fifth inning after the the visiting team's batted is an official game, so let's do it then. Yeah. So I remember it was a day game, and you know here we are excited. We worked with the uh, sign company on how to release these banners um, uh, during the fifth inning on cue. So we go through and we play uh, the Huey Lewis song, All I Want is a Couple Days Off, <laughs> um, thinking that that was funny and cute. So we play this song, we play some goofy footage of Cal in the background uh, on the Jumbotron and got no reaction, you know, so <laughs> we switch the number, the number comes down and there's really nothing. Right. Um, so we're just looking at each other in the control room like, ah, this is not what we expected. We yeah. thought this was going to be um, a little more special than that. So after the game, I got together with Vince Steyer. Um, who at the time was head of Orioles Productions and now is with Maryland Stadium Authority. 
and Vince had just graduated um, a couple years earlier from Syracuse. Syracuse. Yeah, I figured that would help. <laughs> so he, he had just graduated from Syracuse, and where, I mean, he was a, a sports editor, um, and, you know, one of the artists that they always used to edit sports videos to was John Tesh, <laughs> of all people. Um, so this new agey jazz, but he said, you know, I've got a couple of songs that might work that are more orchestral, more, you know, just make it more of an event. Yeah. Um, so we listened to a few, and one um, called Day One, mm -hmm. exactly six, because we had about a minute 20 to get this thing to, to happen okay. in between innings. So right at 60 seconds, this song crescendos to that drop moment. We just looked at each other and said, "That's it. Right. That, that's got to be it." And to make you know, so so we had the song, and now we're like, "How do fans know? How are we going to get fans to realize what what yeah. the moment is?" You know, yeah. other than so instead of showing anything on the jumbotron, we we would show the warehouse and we would push in slowly to the numbers yeah. on the jumbotron and on the scoreboard. We would put the rule up. We would put. You know the major league rule of after five and a half innings, after the the visiting team has batted, right. rule. I don't remember the number of the rule, but it was the official game rule That's when a game. Rule. So people kind of right away. It didn't take two days, three days. That night, they saw that the music. Mm -hmm. You see this typing happen because we typed the rule. We didn't just put the, the you know, it didn't just flash up. Right. It typed like a typewriter effect. Oh, so you cool. kind of forced you to kind of look and say, what am I reading? And yeah. you know, mm -hmm. so the crescendo is happening and they're reading it. And by the time we get to the crescendo, people are standing. Really? You know, so all of a sudden you see people start to rise and start to clap. And now Cal's, you know, tipping his cap and the yeah. drop, the number drops. I look at Vince and be like, wow, Eureka, <laughs> yeah. Eureka, we just discovered fire. And from then on, it was, it just got bigger and bigger yeah. and bigger every day. Obviously, you were here at Cannon Yards when those were all going down, uh, but, you know, a lot of people also watched on TV. I believe this game is the second highest viewership wow. in terms of television rating, only to the Game 7 of the 86 World Series. Mm -hmm. Um, so how did that work with you guys communicating? I think it was ESPN that broadcast yeah, the game. Yeah, and Chris Berman. Chris Berman was on the call, and yeah. they had the president in the booth. The president <laughs> Chris Lincoln Berman, was in the Buck booth. Chris Berman, Buck Martinez. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and so how did that work with them? Like, this is what we're doing with the banners. Like, make sure you're focusing on this at this moment. That's one of the things I'm most proud of is that um, it was the, the guy, the producer at ESPN said it was the first time he had worked with a team um, to make an event just as TV, front, you know, our, we wanted our fans, you know, first and foremost to yeah. enjoy it, but we also knew how big it was and that only 45 or 46,000 people were going to be able to be in here. Yeah. So working with ESPN, I mean, we had, I would say, five or six production meetings like you would for a Super Bowl yeah. with camera guys, lighting guys, producers, audio people. Um, they had two people up, they had a person on the field, they had two people up in our scoreboard control room talking back to the control room in case anything um, happened unexpected so they could alert. So we were, it was like we were producing this event for the world, not yeah. just for the fans. And it, it really showed up on TV that way. And obviously um, you, you have people like Chris Berman 
um, who basically his his um, his call is you know as the inning ends is if you have a remote control tuck it under the couch, tuck it under yeah. the cushion or something to yeah. that effect. I know everybody has remote controls. Do yourself a favor. Tuck it under the couch for ten minutes. And then he did the same thing. He said nothing for yeah. twenty minutes. Because yeah. um, and what of uh, what other event can you think of? where you could go 20 minutes of no not being announced and yeah. knowing exactly what's happening right um with just some you know some graphics and some yeah. um so so yeah we worked with tv closely on all of that even in you know lighting up the numbers the last two nights we lit up the warehouse because it wasn't great for tv um without being lit up it looked right. better um so we worked really close with espn i remember one of the coolest things was getting a letter from the producer a week later saying it was one of the best experiences he had had working with a team um, on pulling something together and how we were really helpful in, in getting getting them to be able to tell the story the right way. That's awesome. And you can tell that they did it with TV very much in mm -hmm. mind, that everybody was working harmoniously yep. because the way, if you watch rewatch the television broadcast like Bobby and I did uh, in preparation for this, watching it, I think it's all on YouTube, is mm -hmm. just the way that they go back and forth between the warehouse, between Cal in the dugout, between his family, yep. even working in shots of uh, Lou Gehrig. Yeah, yeah yep. it, Lou Gehrig, but also there's overshots of the whole crowd, yep. the yeah. Zuma. Yeah, there's Zuma a blimp shot, there's a great yeah. blimp shot, and all the flashing lights. Oh, that is amazing, that. yeah. yeah. Um, and you obviously uh, iconic he has the cal had a few iconic moments in that whole thing one being you know waving his cap to the crowd and another of course the the jog around the warning track shaking the hands of anybody he yep, met. Yep. and that's something that uh you said and you hinted at earlier he mm -hmm. didn't want to stop the game right cal well, i mean cal was always cal had been talking a year before about not stopping games because it's not fair to the pitcher and i mean that was the <laughs> You know, if we Baseball suggested, purist. if we said, if we put that in the schedule, we were stopping the game for 20 minutes, I guarantee you Cal would have said, no, we're not. Wow. It was his wish, being the baseball purist that he is, that the game not be stopped. Um, so the way we approached it was um, just let it play out. You know, whenever, you know, we'll do the numbers, you'll get an ovation, you'll do a curtain call, and we'll get back to business. Right. Knowing that it wasn't going to be a two or three minute thing. Yeah. I mean, we had planned everything, right? Even the T-shirt he was wearing underneath that said 2130 yeah. kisses the for kiss dad hugs, yeah. from his mom, from yeah. his kids. Um, we had planned that. Well, Kelly had planned that. So it was all choreographed except yeah. for, once again, the most important and the, the, the best part of the night was the lap. Yeah. So yeah. you can plan as much as you want. The cool stuff happens, you know, at... But, but if you set the stage, cool stuff can happen. Yeah. Right? So, um, so thankfully, Bobby Bonilla, Rafael Palmero kept trying to get him out there. Yeah. They kept saying, the game's not going to start until you do this. And the other team came out on the top step. They weren't going, they weren't taking the field. Yeah. Um, so they, you know, kind of, he realized, unless I go out and do this, uh, we're not going to play baseball tonight. Yeah. So yeah. Um, he pushed them. Being pushed out of the field by his teammates. Rafael Palmero gives him a shove. Al Bumbley, his former teammate. And Cal's going to take a victory lap. And he says, you know, it started surreal, you know, and running around and, you know, kind of time stops, right? Yeah. And um, so a funny story with that is, once again, like everything aligning properly, that morning I got a call from, my assistant got a call from Steve Jeppe, a co-owner of the Orioles, who said, hey, if you have an opportunity tonight, I got a message, she wrote, you know, on one of those little pink while you were away slips. Um, 
if you have a moment, if you have any time tonight, play Whitney Houston's One Moment in Time because it would be fitting. Okay. So I kind of took that and said, okay, I, I brought that upstairs to the ballpark DJ, Alfie at the time, and I said, do we have this? And he said, I'm sure I can find it. Mm -hmm. I said, just have it somewhere. We may want to, you know, an owner asked for this. Let's see if we can fit it in somewhere. Yeah. Not thinking much of it. As soon as Cal, because like I said, we choreographed everything. Yeah. Cal takes the feet, you know, starts, starts the lap. He gets to, you know, the right field foul pole, and it's kind of cheering and kind of eerie. Yeah. And but quite, you know, just kind of weird. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And me trying to, you know, force a, a, a Broadway musical on, <laughs> on the fans um, said to Alfie, you know, now, let's do that song now. Grab that, you know, grab the uh -huh. disc. So um, we start that song, and it really was, once again, up, you know, we were blessed because it was the perfect suggestion. Yeah. Um, and as a matter of fact, that's what we called the, the home video that we produced afterwards, Cal's Moment in Time. <laughs> because um, it fit perfectly and it ended as he was, you know, um, uh, rounding uh, third base and getting, you know, what, as he went past the, the Angels dugout and shook everybody's hand. Perfect. And I think partly what makes that so iconic is it was a celebration unlike any other, and that moment is so unique because it's so personal. And I feel like that's exactly what, um, you know, the legacy of that moment is, is him shaking hands with all the fans uh, in such a one-to-one oh, yeah. -one heartfelt way. I think that was I think he even said, like, that was a kind of a surreal moment because at first he just started shaking hands with the fans, but then he started seeing people he recognized, yep. people who worked at the ballpark yep, that right. he saw every day, and like, oh, now it's way more personal yeah. because I'm shaking hands with people that I know, yeah. and I'm celebrating this moment not just with all of Buffalo, but like people who I'm close with. Yep. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. So as all this is going on, you were in yeah, where were Orioles you? productions and you know, I would get over being being right? a lifelong procrastinator to this day, as you guys know, uh, with your expense reports. Um, I was I would make sure I was in the control room for the banner drops all the nights, but then I always had something to finish doing. So, um, in the case of 2130, uh, 2131, I ran back to my office to finish the scripts for the post game ceremony. <laughs> So, which had not been finished, <laughs> which yet. had not been finished yet, and probably nowhere near finished. Um, so, right. but I had four innings. I mean, <laughs> so as That's I got, as I ran back to my office to finish up the postgame scripts, mm -hmm. I get a call from Mr. Angelos's assistant, who says, "Peter would like you to come up to the owner's box as soon as you have a chance to um, kind of go through the postgame, walk him through the postgame ceremonies." Mm -hmm. Um, because Peter was going to be a part of it, and you know, we had a bunch of, um, um, of VIPs that were part of it. We had Joe DiMaggio, uh, wow. so Hank Aaron. Um, so we, you know, so we said, okay. Uh, so I, I gulped and said, I'm not even done the post-game ceremonies yet. Um, <laughs> so um, I, I wrapped up as quickly as I could, um, and thank God once again we had we were blessed by having John Miller as our. Uh, announcer, play-by-play -play guy at the uh -huh. time, who was doing the post-game ceremonies, and I could literally have handed him 
my grocery um, list, and he would have made it sound good post game. So he he elaborated. Um, you know, I'd love to take credit for for all of that scripting, but he elaborated a lot and added his own twists and turns, which was really cool. What was Cal's reaction to all of this afterwards? Did you have a chance to talk to him? That Cal day? was exhausted, so no, I didn't spend a whole lot of time other than congratulating him after the game. Um, and he had, you know, obviously tons of family here. Yeah. But he was sick at the time. I mean, he had a fever the night before. He it was hot and humid. Yeah. Um, so um, he was just done. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I'm sure he didn't sleep. And then the next day we had a parade through the city of Baltimore um, to go to. So, um, but it was, you know, I think everybody was just, just, you know, it's the exhilaration. It's weird. I mean, I hear, I hear a guy come, you know, we're celebrating a guy coming to work, doing his job. Yeah, yeah. Um, for all those years, um, 2,131 consecutive games. But if you, you know, if you play in a two-day softball tournament, you know how the aches and pains you feel. Much less if you do that consecutively. For that, so it is an honor. But you know, here we are feeling like we just won the Super Bowl, the World Series, and the Masters all in one. <laughs> um, and I remember going out after it was all done, said and done, and it was quiet. And I remember leaving my office and just going for a walk and sitting on one of the picnic tables out here on Utah Street and just looking at the number. They were still lit up. The ballpark was dark, but we had left the lights on. And just sitting there for like a half an hour and, and people staring at me like, what's he doing? I was just kind of taking it in because I yeah. didn't get a chance to enjoy it because it was such a rush to get there. Right. Yeah. Um, that I enjoy it more now watching the video saying, oh yeah, I forgot about that yeah. or, because it was all just a blur. Yeah. But we were lucky that we had like an amazing staff um, of collaborators and people that put their heart and soul and you know this is people as you know the people who work in this building aren't here for money you yeah. know they're here for the glory of the Orioles yeah. um, and that's what's cool about when you get to be a part of something like that um, and to tell your kids you were part of something like that um, you know to have you know Cal's book came out um, a couple years later and I'm acknowledged in the um, <laughs> In, in the back of the book, and my wife wonders why I have 22 copies of it at home, because she doesn't get that. That's right. the, you know, I I may have a grandson one day who's going to think that's really cool. Yeah, you know, that oh, yeah. you know that 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 you know, grandpa was you know part of this you know yeah. cool moment, yeah. and the fact that it was voted on later as you know baseball's greatest moment um, in fan voting, you know, ten years later or whatever it was. It's kind of cool, um, and it's like a little fraternity of all of us who put this thing together around this time of year. We all kind of have that little spring in our step. It's like people wishing us happy, you know, yeah. 21, 31 day. Yeah. And yeah. the 25th anniversary is just around the corner. Yeah, I guess, what, two years? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Anything planned for that already? No, maybe uh, maybe I should start talking to the team about yeah. some ideas. <laughs> Do some mess on all access stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Make kind comeback. of backtrack a little bit back to the planning because it's there's some funny stories about you know you're planning all of this as big celebration like you just said but then like what if Cal got hurt or what happened because like there were a couple stories I remember Rocco Baco tells a good story of the one time Cal rode his bike to the warehouse and he fell off his bike and they were all freaking out that he was gonna the streak was broken or someone slid into him at second base like a week or so before and he came out of the game with a kind of a bummed ankle um, what was that kind of like being like all right we had this thing planned just don't get hurt you know I <laughs> or even I'm, be sick I'm a pretty positive person who tries not to think of things like that so that thought probably never came into my mind because I was just thinking we were in a movie and the script was that on September 6th it was going to happen <laughs> yeah. um, 
But I, I tell you what, I I was more worried that Cal would get hurt in horse playing in the clubhouse. Really? Back then, those guys like it was like a high school gym. You know, <laughs> it it was you know to watch you know like the horse play that went on. You know, he'd you know I would lock another guy into the bat room and you know <laughs> and then stand there you know holding it with his feet on the wall and his hands on the doorknob, not letting a guy out, thinking okay if somebody lets go of that door, somebody's yeah <laughs> somebody's getting a concussion. They're going to the DL. <laughs> so I was more worried about that kind of stuff, the goofing around in the in the right. clubhouse because that's you know. More injuries could happen like that than, you know, Cal, Cal uh, superhuman, you know, in some ways to think about. And I'm sure he played through a lot of what, you know, these days somebody might sit out. Yeah, um, oh, absolutely. And, and because of the streak, I think, you know, you get, you know, to two years out, one year out, you're kind of starting to think about it, I would think. Yeah. yeah. So in a time when you're thinking, okay, maybe I'll sit this out so it doesn't get worse, yeah. He's thinking, let me figure out a way to get this healed. And, and Cal's, you know, was, you know, regimen was, you know, the, the his anecdote. You know, it, it was, he could, he ate the same time every day, regardless of the time zone. That's why he, he was the only player you'll, you'd ever see wearing a watch, one of those little Timex, yeah. you know, Ironman watches mm-hmm. during batting practice. Uh-huh. Because it was to the minute, um, so you know, perf- as his dad would say, Cal Senior, practice doesn't make perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. Yeah, you know, perfect. and that's Cal lived by that. So, you do that, you set yourself up, you know, to 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 be able to do things like come back from injury a little better, and um, so that's, uh, yeah. What if that had happened? Oh, yeah, that horrible. Would've... What was Cal's pregame meal for twenty one thirty one? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, but that's that's I'm gonna put that on, everything I'm gonna put that on you guys to figure yeah. out because that's that's a good question. Well, I was wondering if the Orioles like brought in like you know catering know. special catering. Yeah, we'd have or to ask John Maroon. Just a bunch of boogs. John Maroon was the PR guy at the time, so he'd be able to tell us. But I know the the president, vice president, were here Did with you get their to meet families. Them? Yep. Yeah, we got nice. to meet them. We were in the clubhouse during that. <laughs> so yeah, so I don't know what. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of. There's a lot of cool stories. I'm sure we could dig oh, up yeah. from from that. How old were you guys during? Born. I was not three. even born. I was three. I God. vaguely remember. No, I was born. I was three. I remember there something was happening. I don't remember exactly what. I didn't fully understand, but I knew something was. So happening. how do you guys look at it? you know? Other than you, you know, why do you think it's a big? Because we lived through it. We watched it go. Um, we, you know, looking, you know, it's like me thinking about Lou Gehrig. Yeah. Um, yeah. How, why is it a big deal to you guys? I think it's something that I've definitely appreciated the older I've gotten. Um, and that's probably, Bobby could say the same thing. Uh, being around baseball and having worked in baseball for just a few years now, understanding the appreciation that this is something that is never going to happen again. And um, the uniqueness of the celebration itself, I think, stands out as well because of... of um, it's never going to happen again, and so it, it they stop the game for 20 minutes, yeah, 20 and minutes. that's something that is just extremely uh, rare. Mm-hmm. Yeah, first and foremost, obviously, it's going to be the streak that's never going to be broken. Yeah. I mean, it's just the record that's always going to stand because guys don't play 162 games. Manny Machado did a couple years ago. Jonathan Scope did it last year, 
and that just doesn't happen. It's just never going to be broken. Yeah. Uh, but for me personally, it's just because I grew up in this area. I grew up playing baseball. Kyle Ripken is undoubtedly my favorite athlete of all time, mm-hmm. probably next to uh, Juan Dixon just because he won mm-hmm. Maryland basketball championship. <laughs> Sorry, Paul, I got to get Maryland in there somewhere. Yeah, go um, but, you know, I, growing up, playing baseball, everyone wanted number eight. Everyone wanted to play shortstop or third base because of Kyle Ripken. And going to the Orioles games, especially back then, like when I was old enough to like actually care and watch about baseball, the Orioles weren't that good anymore. Like the mm-hmm. 90s had kind of passed. So you went to an Orioles game to watch Kyle Ripken play, and that was it. And, you know, I, he, to me, and also in the era of like the steroid era, you know, he did it the right yeah. way. And my mom would always tell me that quote that Kyle Sr. would always tell Cal Jr. about practice and every for every every sport I would hear that all the time and so it was just being a kid who grew up playing baseball in this area and being from Maryland and growing up an Orioles fan that is and for at this streak to be the streak the record in all sports that whenever you broke in is very cool and special to anyone who grew up in this area and I think it helped coming off of the strike year it was like the silver lining yeah it was kind of like everybody got back into Right. Baseball, even if it was just for two nights. Yeah, he the saved baseball. There's a, there's a sign. One of the fans had a sign. Uh-huh. It, they zoom in. They, they make uh-huh. a point to zoom in and say, Cal, thank you for saving baseball. Yeah. Yep. Um, for you, you've obviously done, you did several things with the Orioles mm-hmm. since then. You've mm-hmm. done things outside of baseball. You've done a lot of things in your uh, career and still plenty to go. <laughs> Would you consider this the greatest accomplishment so far of your career? That night... When I sat on that picnic table and looked at the lights, I thought that exact thing, which is you've just done the coolest thing you're gonna do. Right. So I knew at that point, at age uh, 25, I was done. <laughs> there was no way. <laughs> there was no way we were going to gonna top age. that. Yeah, yeah, it was that, that's insane. That's crazy. Yeah, I was 25, and like I said, I knew mm-hmm. how could I possibly be yeah. involved in something cooler than this. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, we can try though. We'll <laughs> we figure it out. We'll, we'll see what's in store. Vegas for the 2018. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we'll see what's in store in a couple of years down the line for the 25th anniversary. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that we cool. should start thinking about that. Yeah. Start putting in a suggestion box. Yeah. yeah. All these great stories. And of course, we invite all our listeners to share any memories or stories they might have of the total 2131, the week that was leading up to it as well. Spiro Alfaso, thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you guys, this was fun. Thanks, Spiro. Yep. Hopefully you don't fire us after. No, you yeah. guys are good. You <laughs> behaved. Yeah. Check out Thanks, the Mass and All Access podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Um, please rate, review, subscribe. Share those memories mm-hmm. um, and spread the word. Share uh, with all your fellow Orioles fans. And um, I'm at Bobby underscore Blanc on Twitter. Paul? I'm at Paul Mancano on Twitter. Uh, rate, subscribe. Check us out, SoundCloud, every, anywhere you can. Thanks so much for listening.